0: Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. We're now in the month of Muharram, where it's now time to mourn about Abdullah al-Hussein alayhi salatu salam. So today we're going to be speaking about two topics. The first of them is going to be the Husseini mission. Every year we gather to mourn and commemorate about Abdullah al-Hussein alayhi salatu salam, but a lot of the time we miss the purpose and the reason for why Karbala had to happen. We miss the reason for why such a great sacrifice was undertaken. And in the second topic, we're going to be speaking about how to speak to non Muslims about Imam al Hussein and how to introduce them to the Husseini movement all around the world. So, without further ado, let's get straight into it. Every year, we gather to mourn and commemorate the sacrifice of Aba'a Abdullah. We fail to ponder sometimes about what it was that needed the sacrifice. Why did this sacrifice need to take place? And that's why I want to explore today the Husseini mission in why it took place and what were the aims of Imam Hussein when he went to Karbala. We want to talk about short term aims of Imam Hussein and we also want to speak about long term aims of Imam Hussein. So, to do that, we're going to take a look at a narration in Al Kafi by Sheikh Al Kulaini where there's a narration from Mam Sadiq Salat narrated by Abu Basir. Imam Sadiq says, with regards to this ayah of the Quran that we find in Suratul Al-Hashar, Allah says, Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim Maya kunu min najwa thalathatin illa hua rabi'ahum, wala khamsatin illa hua sadisahum, wala adna min dalika wala akhthara illa hua maahum aina makanu. Thumma yunabirahum bima'amilu yom al-qiyama, in al-Laha bikulishayin alim. So Allah says in this verse that there is not a meeting between three people except that Allah is the fourth of them. And not between five people except that Allah is the sixth of them. And not less than that, a, a gathering less than that, wala And not a gathering more than that except that Allah is with them wherever they may be. And then Allah will tell them and inform them of that which they did on the day of judgment. Indeed Allah is knowing of all things. So Imam Sadiq says with regards to this ayah that نَزَلَ تَعْذِهِ الْآيَةُ فِي فُلَانٍ He says that this ayah was revealed with regards to the first and the second caliph A lot of the time in the narrations we see this wording used فُلَان وَفُلَانٍ It's referring to the first and the second caliph And he says that the ayah was also revealed with regards to Abi Ubaidah al-Jarrah And Abdurrahman ibn Auf And Salim The servant of Abi Hudayfa and Mughira ibn Sha'bah When was this verse revealed? It says, kitab This was revealed when they wrote the book, or they wrote the agreement amongst themselves. and they promised and they agreed amongst themselves. What did they agree? It says, "La in Muhammadun, la khilafatu fi bani Hashim, so they made this agreement that when Rasulullah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi passes away that the Khilafah should not be in Banu Hashim. So then Allah, He revealed this verse upon them, the verse that we just read. Where he says that there is not a meeting between three people except that Allah is the fourth. I.e., Allah is telling them that He knows what they are planning. The, the narration carries on, and what we find is that Imam Sadiq he then refers back to this letter, this agreement that these people had between themselves of not letting the khilafa get to Banu Hashim. What does Imam Sadiq say? He says, he says that this is how it was in the knowledge of Allah from before this happening, and he taught and he informed Rasulullah of this information. Which information? That if this book, if this agreement is reached between these individuals, once that agreement is reached, that the Khilafah will not be in Bani Hashim. That they would do everything in their power to keep the khilafa and the leadership of the Muslims away from the Ahlul Bayt wa That is the point where Imam al hussein has to be martyred It says here Ida kutib al-kitabu, Once that agreement was reached, Imam al hussein had to be martyred What this is alluding to is many principles, there's a lot to speak about in this narration But this narration is is very deep. There's a lot to discuss with regards to this narration and there's a lot of different side um, paths that you can take with regards to the explanation of it. But the principle that I want to focus on is the principle of Bada'at, the idea that things can happen that change the course of events in the future. Once these individuals had come together to plan and to ploy against Rasulullah and the Ahl al-Bayt Allah decided that the only way to expose their evil, the only way to expose their, their, their ploy amongst each other was to give a sacrifice in the form of Imam Hussein, and that was one of the short-term aims of Imam al-Husayn والسلام, at Karbala The idea that all the Muslims would be able to see that somebody like Imam Hussein someone that was known to be loved by Rasulullah, if we look at the narrations of uh, the fadail of Imam Hussein that we find in both the Sunni works and the Shia works, they are they they're so numerous. Um, we find that Rasulullah says, "Husseinun minni wa ana min Hussein," that Hussein is from me and I am from Hussein. We find other narrations where uh, the Rasulullah says about I'm Imam Hussein. That Inna Hasan wal Hussein, say they, Ahl al That Imam Hasan and Imam Hussein are the uh, masters of the youth of Paradise. So, Rasulullah, despite having said all of these things, right, we find that only sixty years after Hijrah only sixty-one years after Hijra, Imam Hussein is standing on the plains of Karbala alone. He's standing there in front of an army of 30,000 people and he is slaughtered and his head is taken on a spear. That is the biggest proof that the system after Rasulullah was not the system that Rasulullah wanted. Because in such a short time, in such a short period of time, Imam Al Hussein has been slaughtered. He's been martyred, and he is the grandson of Rasulullah, and he is very beloved to Rasulullah, according to all of the Muslims. So that shows that the system, in its foundations, was not a correct system. It was a system that had evil within it, and this was one of the short-term aims of Imam Al Hussein to expose that system, and not just the sacrifice of Imam Al Hussein. This was the path of sacrifice that the Ahlul Bayt had to take. The first of the martyrs in this path was none other than Sayyidah Fatima, a.s.w. That was the path of sacrifice that they had to take to expose the crimes and the treachery of the people that had planned and ployed against the Ahlul Bayt, salam. Imam Hussein's mission in Karbala. The short-term aim of Imam Hussein was what? To show the difference between the light and the darkness, to show that this is good and this is evil. Imam Hussein would be the measure of that good. A known good, a good that Rasulullah has spoken of We find in the narrations that Rasulullah says about Imam al-Husayn إِنَّ Misbahul Huda Najat." Imam al-Husayn is a lantern of guidance and the ark of salvation Maybe this is one of the most surface level meanings of the lantern of guidance that we can find The one that shows the difference between the light and the darkness Between the good and the evil at his time where he was able to expose the system that was set after Rasulullah and exposed the ploy and the plan of these individuals to all of the Muslims And that is why to this day there are two things that the Shi'ad never forget One of them is Eid al-Ghadir and the second is Ashura Because these two are the proofs of the wilayah of Ahlul Bayt Imam al hussein's mission it serves as a proof of the wilayah of Ahlul Bayt Eid al-Ghadir is where the wilaya was announced to the world and Imam al hussein he reminds them what happened at al Qadir through his sacrifice, through his martyrdom at Karbala and that was the first aim of Imam al hussein at Karbala to expose that system set by those treacherous individuals who wanted to ploy and plan against Ahlul Bayt and to take away the nur of Allah upon earth but Allah says in the Quran that Allah does not allow except for his light to be shown and to be made clear for all the people. And that was what happened at Karbala. And leading on from this point, we find that in the books of history, in the books of the academics, in the books of the historians, what do we find about the history of tashayyu of Shi'ism as a theology, as a methodology, as recognized as a school of thought? When does it really emerge in academia? In academia, we see that many people, many historians, many academics, they write, that Shi'ism as a theology, as a methodology, as a school of thought only emerged after Ashura. After the martyrdom of Imam Hussein. it became clear who the Shi'a were in terms of their theology. It became clear that there was a group of people that held a set of beliefs and a specific methodology and they were referred to as the Shi'a of Ali on a theological level rather and, and before that, in the academic works they think that shiism was a political ideology only one where imam ali was preferred to be the caliph over the other caliphs but that's not the case of course as we know that we spoke about in the previous episodes about ghadir that islam was actually completed with ghadir shiism starts from the very first day of islam allah says in the quran inna dina in allah islam the religion in the eyes of allah is islam and how does he complete that religion he said that I've completed your religion with the wilayah on the day of Ghadir. So Shiism is actually synonymous with Islam. There's no difference between when Islam began and when Shiism began. But when we're talking about academically, the historians and the academics, they see that Shiism as a theology, it only was born after the martyrdom of Imam Hussein in Karbala. This was another aim of Imam Hussein at Karbala to preserve the methodology of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the methodology of Ghadir in that he was able to create a clear diversion a clear differentiation between those who were the Shia of Ahl al-Bayt upon the pure and true Islam that was taught by Rasulullah sallallahu and those who were against it So it differentiated clearly between those who were the Shia of Ahl al-Bayt and those who were the opponents of Ahl al-Bayt wa This was another short-term aim of Imam al-Husayn at Karbala to differentiate between those that are the people of truth and those who are the people of falsehood As for another aim of Imam al-Husayn What does Imam al-Husayn himself say? About the aims that he had when he was going to Karbala. We find in a letter that he wrote to his brother Muhammad ibn Hanafiya, and it's a very famous statement of Imam Hussein. He says that I have not come out to cause oppression and not to cause discord. And I have not come out for any other reason except he says wa fi Rasulullah sallallahu wa alihi." He says that I have not left for any other reason except to seek islah, to seek reform in the nation of my grandfather Rasulullah And then he says that I only wish to enjoin the good and to forbid the evil So what do we see from these aims that Imam al hussain he mentioned here? He says that I've come out for islah, to seek reform in the nation, right? To set that nation on the path that it should have been on at the time of Ghadir. from the time of Ghadir, The path that it should have been on. Because what did we speak about before? We spoke about the agreement that was reached between a few individuals. And that was the cause for fasad and fitna and zulm to the Ahl al-Bayt Ali So Imam al Hussein he's trying to go against that now. He's trying to combat that and to seek reform in the Ummah of Rasulullah. And he says that I will only wish to enjoin the good and forbid the evil. The question is, did this actually actualize after Karbala? When we look at the Imams that came after, the Imams that came after were all poisoned. They were all martyred as well. Did the Imams of Ahlul Bayt get their rights? Or was were their rights still taken? Did this Islah actually take place? That's the question that we need to ask ourselves with regards to Karbala. Did that Islah actually take place? What do we find that the imam said about what happened at Karbala? If we read in Ziyarat Nahia, the Imam of our time, Imam Sahib Al-Zaman, what does he say happened on the day of Ashura? Imam Sahib Al-Zaman he says lil-usat al-fusaq. Woe be unto the treacherous and immoral people لَقَدْ قَتَلُوا بِقَتْلِكَ By killing you, they have killed the religion in its entirety الصَّلَاةَ وَالسِّيَامِ And they disrupted the prayer and the fasting if we go back to, why does the imam use these words? لَقَدْ قَتَلُوا بِقَتْلِكَ الْإِسْلَامِ الصَّلَاةَ والصيام? What do we speak about in the episode about ta'weel? What we, what, we, what we mentioned, the narration that we mentioned in that episode with regards to the deen and the asl of the deen being a, an individual, the imam of the time. So Imam al-Hussein, he was the asl of the deen in his time. He was the deen in his time. That's why Imam Zaman, he says, They went against the sunan and the rules that were set by Allah. قَوَائِدَ الْإِيمَانِ And they've destroyed the principles of iman. وَحَرَّفُوا آيَاتِ الْقُرْآنِ And they distorted the verses of the Quran. All of this through the martyrdom of Imam Hussein. This is what... Those people did when they killed Imam Hussein. Imam Sahib Zaman he continues, he says, He says that Rasulullah again was betrayed, he was left, and the Kitab of Allah, the Quran, was again abandoned. You see the the Imam here, he's speaking about complete destruction of the religion. Through the death of Imam Hussein. There's been complete destruction. The Imam carries on. He says, Wa Takbir Wa 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 He says that with your loss, after losing you, Imam al Hussein, we lost the takbir and the tahlil We lost the 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 understanding of Allah's glorification and his unity. Wa tahrim and that which he prohibited and that which he sanctioned and allowed. What Ta'wil. This is what we spoke about, the phases of tanzil and Ta'wil. Everything was destroyed with the martyrdom of Imam Hussain. The Imam says, And after you, we only found alteration and change in the religion of Allah. Wal wa Infidelity and abandonment of the Islamic laws. Wal and vagary and misguidance, and turmoil and falsehood became prevalent in Islam. So where is that Islah that Imam Hussein was speaking about when he said, جدي, that I have only left to seek reform in the nation of my grandfather, and that I only wish to enjoin the good and forbid the evil, الْأَمْرُ وَالْنَهْيَ when we think about these concepts Amr bin Ma'ruf and Nahi al-Munkar This is a jurisprudential matter This is something that is fiqhi What do we find are the conditions of Amr bin Ma'roof and Nahi al-Munkar The first condition is That you should actually be able to have an effect You should have the power to have an effect And to do something And the second condition is That what comes out of your action Should be better than that which was the situation that was before For example, if there is a bad thing And you wish to change it to good and you're able to do that and it it actually happens as such that that bad thing turns to good. That is the principles of Amr al-Ma'roof and Nahi al-Munkar. Those are the conditions of it. Let me ask you, was there anything that came out of the sacrifice of Muhammad Hussein that weighed at the same level that we could say that his sacrifice brought something better than that which he sacrificed? Was the blood of Imam Al Hussein repaid? Was it that the heads that were on the spears of Imam Al Hussein and his companions that has been repaid and reform happened right after Karbala? Is that what happened? Is it reform that Imam Al is speaking about when he says that on the day of Ashura, Azalla Azizana, our dear one was humiliated on that day? Is that the reform that Imam Al Hussein was looking at? Of course not. The Islah that Imam al-Husayn is speaking about When he says That Islah only comes With the coming of Al-Qa'im Min Al-Muhammad He is the one that will Repay each drop Of Imam al-Husayn And this is why we find In the narrations of al salam That when he comes He will introduce himself and say that I am the son of Al Hussein. Those who support Imam Al Mahdi, what would their slogan be? Ya Lafarat al Hussein. O oh, for the revenge of Imam Al Hussein. That islah is a long term aim of Imam Al Hussein, one that relies on me and you in order to achieve that reform alongside our awaited savior, Imam Al Hujja. This is why, as Shia, we keep Ashura alive. Ashura is something that is in our blood and our veins. When Muharram is coming, we all feel it in our hearts. We're all ready to mourn for Abu Abdullah. This is where we come in. Let the Khidma that is Husseini also be Mahdawi. This is where you find the link between Imam Hussein and the Imam of our time. It's that fire in your heart that you hold for Imam Al Hussein, that is the same fire that you need to channel into service towards the Imam of your time. And that is one of the aims of Imam Al Hussein at Karbala. To ensure that his long term aim can be reached, it is upon me and you to make sure that we serve the Imam of our time in the best way possible so that the blood of Imam Al Hussein is avenged. And no one can achieve that. Other than Imam Hujja. So, for this week's Jum'ah Reflections, we want to speak about how to speak to non Muslims about the mission of Imam Hussain. So, the first thing you need to do is you need to set the mission. Imam al-Hussein, he went to combat a vicious dictator, to say no to his oppression, to stand up to his injustice. That was the mission of Imam al-Hussein. Start with that. Number two, set the context, set the story, Imam Hussein's camp, Imam Hussein, he went out to Karbala with, his, with members of his family, women and children, 72 individuals and he took up camp in a barren land where they had no water, they were thirsty and they were martyred in tragic circumstances. After he was forced to face an army of 30,000 soldiers, and he was finally martyred, his women and children were taken captive and paraded across modern-day Iraq and Syria. Number three, keep it human, not supernatural. You have to remember that when you're speaking to a non-Muslim about Karbala, you're talking to a non-Muslim about Imam al-Hussain, it's very difficult for them to understand the emotions and the beliefs that you hold with regards to Imam Hussein. Keep it human Speak to them about the message of the Imam that is understandable to everybody Because you have to remember that the message of Imam Hussein hussain was for all of mankind, for all of eternity And not for one specific group Number four, focus on the beauty, not the tragedy Take inspiration from say, the Zainab who says that I saw nothing but beauty in Karbala. When you describe the mission of Imam Hussein, speak about the people who he has inspired. Those people across history who spoke about Imam Hussein and they took inspiration and were able to make a change in the world themselves through their inspiration that they took from Imam Hussein. Number five: direct people towards the correct sources where they can learn more about Imam Hussein. Organisations like Who is Hussein or channels like Albay TV and the podcast on After Maghrib, these are all places where they can find further information about Imam al Hussein in detail and they can further their interest in Imam al Hussein's story and his mission. As we've already mentioned, Imam al Mahdi, when he comes, he introduces himself as the son of Imam al Hussein. What does that mean? Imam Al Al Mahdi, he's actually introducing himself to the world and he's saying that I am the son of Al Hussein. That is to say that at that moment in time, the whole world should know who Hussein is. That's the mission to ensure that everybody knows the name of Imam Hussein. When they hear the name of Hussein, they think of Hussein ibn Ali, who was martyred in Karbala. They don't think of Saddam Hussein or Barack Hussein Obama. They think of one of the most pure individuals to walk this earth al Hussein ibn Ali I hope that this episode has been beneficial to you And we've been able to speak about Some of the things that you may be interested in With regards to the mission of Imam al Hussein And Muharram And please do stay tuned Inshallah next week we'll be carrying on our series With regards to the mission of Imam Al-Hussain Stay tuned And I'll see you next week Wassalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh